It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Here's what's on the Oakley Show podcast for Wednesday, November 18th, 2020. The OPP's warning the public after they believe a cougar might have been sighted in Godrich, Ontario. We find out more about these big cats. Have you ever been a member of a cult? Some of you have because you called to tell us about it. And we hear from a private investigator who says that marital infidelity may no longer simply be hurtful, could be deadly. All of this starts now. really interested in the behavior of wildlife wanted to know what the dickens is going on in godrich there's been some sightings of a cougar there according to the police in huron county and uh they seem to be credible as a matter of course and uh, i did not know that the cougar would be in any way native to this part of ontario uh so i have to enlist the experts on this matter and siobhan darlington is certainly one uh she's a phd student with the university of british columbia and a cougar expert siobhan good to have you on the oakley show in toronto good afternoon hi john thanks for having me today well i appreciate your coming on i needed uh, some answers on this first of all i mean a cougar sighting in godrich on the shores of lake huron are they native to ontario at all uh no actually so cougars used to occur all across canada historically and all over the united states but in the last about 100 years or so because of persecution and land change and all these other reasons, they've actually been constricted to Western Canada and the United States with a population in Florida as well. So they actually are very rare to uh, occur in Ontario. And this is usually because they don't breed there. So they breed as far east in Canada as southwestern Saskatchewan. I see. So uh, they were driven out because of persecution. They're like the Huguenots or uh, had to go somewhere else to live. Listen, uh, so I don't know, would this not be likely that it would be a cougar then? I mean, uh, maybe it's a coyote and somebody just had poor eyesight. Uh, are we dismissing that it would possibly be a cougar? Uh, that's a very good possibility. So I'm originally from Halifax and we don't have any cougars in Nova Scotia either. And occasionally there are reportings of cougars in the Maritimes as well. And I get pictures of these sent to me, and they're usually domestic cats or sometimes a bobcat. Um, but I also shared a picture of a cougar from my work with my family, and they asked me about my research with coyotes. So it's entirely possible that they could be confused if people aren't familiar with what cougars really look like. Right. All right. Well, you are. You study them. How do you study them, by the way? You go right out into the wilds, or what do you do? Uh, yes, yeah, so I actually track cougars in the wintertime, so I snowmobile and snowshoe looking for cougar tracks in the snow, and we used trained townsmen to locate cougars so that we can capture them, and we use sedatives so that the cougars are calm, and we fit them with GBS collars, and that transmits a signal so I can track where they are. So I'm actually monitoring, uh, I've collared about 20 cougars so far in my PhD work. So when I go out in the field, uh, I have the advantage of knowing where they are in relation to me. <laughs> are they an endangered species even out west? Uh, no, so they're not endangered. Uh, so some of the questions we're interested in knowing are 
just really what kind of habitat they use. They might be expanding their range, uh, both eastward and northward in Canada. And we want to understand why that might be. So uh, they are not endangered species in British Columbia. Um, they would be considered endangered outside of their breeding range where they historically occurred. So anywhere outside of that western breeding population. Ah, all right. Not necessarily Goderich, downtown Goderich. But, you know, I did see, did you see that video? I don't know. It was earlier in the year. I think it was out of Coquitlam, B.C., where two cougars were kind of walking along some uh, railway tracks downtown. Did you see? And I mean, there are increasingly sightings in built up areas. Uh, that might be true. There's some recent research that has shown that some urban areas might be promoting um, cougar sightings or even just people interacting or expanding more into where cougars naturally occur. So we're expanding suburban areas, for example, into areas where cougars uh, normally live. So that tends to increase encounters as well as when we approach cougars um, from the other side. Well, what do they usually hunt or eat? I mean, if you've got cougars coming into built-up areas, I mean, I think house pets might be uh, considered uh, on an endangered species list. Uh, what do they eat? Uh, so I've been monitoring cougars for about a year, and we have had some cougars in areas where there's agriculture or livestock, but I actually haven't had any uh, predation by cougars of animals other than deer, moose, and elk. So they oh, really? tend to eat only those wild animals. And I haven't had any cows or any pets that I've investigated. I, I check out what cougars eat for my work. And uh, it does happen. Uh, we haven't happen, had it happen so far in our project. Um, and I hope that it won't. Uh, but it's very uncommon for cougars to go after foods that are associated with people. So pets or people themselves or livestock. So they tend to avoid people in general or anything associated with people. Siobhan, is a cougar the same as a mountain lion? Yes. So cougars have an, a whole number of names. So panther, puma, uh, cougar, mountain lion, they're all the same species as puma con color is the scientific name. I see. And do they, uh, are they solitary or they live in pairs? I was saying this uh, video that I saw, they were sort of walking together uh, nonchalantly. Do they live in pairs or solitary? Uh, so they tend to be solitary as adults. However, cougars stay with their mothers until they're about a year to a year and a half. So normally when people see more than one cougar together, it's a uh, mother and her young or sibling cougars that are young. And they may have both recently left their mother and are still spending time together. Uh, but typically cougars go off on their own at that one and a half year mark or two year mark. And then they're completely on their own unless they're mating. Uh, and this, uh, we also know, is the time where they tend to move the most. So this is when you end up with cats in Ontario is because they were born maybe somewhere in the United States or maybe even in Saskatchewan. And when they're about a year and a half, they leave their mother in search of a new territory. And that's when they travel these huge distances to new areas where they're very uncommonly seen. And they can get across the border even at the time of COVID. No, <laughs> I don't think COVID. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just goofing with you. Uh, and by the way, it's been pointed out to me that baby cougars, they kind of sound like regular domestic kittens, but they grow up a little faster. And uh, then at some point they become dangerous. Is that the point? Uh, so the, even when cougars are kittens, they're still pretty big. Uh, so I work with cougar kittens as well, and they're about the size of a house cat by the time they're four weeks old. <laughs> but uh, they do have some pretty big claws, but I wouldn't consider them general dangerous to us. 
um, if you know what you're doing when you go out in uh, nature. So if you're well prepared for potentially seeing a cougar, uh, there's really very little danger unless the cougar feels threatened in some way or you are approaching the cougar um, for some reason. So uh, I don't generally consider them to be extremely dangerous. Uh, They can be just like any other wild animal like bears or wolves or coyotes. Well, you know, uh, domestic cats will bury their house waste. I mean, they got littered. Do the cougars do that in the wild? They do. So they do like to clean up. They're very similar to domestic cats in that way. When they kill their prey, they'll cache it, and that means burying them. So they actually pluck the hair off of their prey, like deer, and they'll bury deer with their own hair, which is kind of gruesome to think about. And then they kind of do a little circle, just like cats in a litter box, and scrape dirt and snow and branches all the way around the carcass and completely cover it to hide it from other animals um, from finding it. So it's very similar to sort of outdoor litter boxes. And they do the same thing when they bury their poop. They really cover it up really well. (laughs) All right. Well, on a need-to-know basis, as I say, when I love wildlife, I like to hear these stories. You're the expert on cougars. Uh, Appreciate your weighing in this afternoon and dispelling the notion that it was more than likely a cougar in Goderich. Uh, Chances are it wasn't. Thanks so much, Yvonne. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. It's great to talk to folks who might have seen a cougar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. In a zoo, not in Godrich. Uh, somewhere down the road. Good luck with your studies, by the way. Thank you very much. All right. Siobhan Darlington, PhD student at the University of BC, cougar expert. All right. On the anniversary of the notorious and infamous mass suicide at Jonestown in 78, uh, we're just talking cults because this was certainly one. Uh, it was a quasi uh, faith-based group, I guess, uh, the People's Temple in Guyana. And uh, that's where the uh, thing lives on in infamy, because this is why 900 people gave up their lives, uh, most unwilling, but others went willingly, drinking the Kool-Aid that was laced with cyanide. That's where we get the term. But I'm just wondering about the whole phenomenon of cult adherence. Maybe you belong to a cult. What are you doing here and now? And how'd you get here? Or ever lose someone to a call? Let me start with start with Scott in Toronto. Scott, appreciate your weighing in this afternoon. Good afternoon. Hey, Scotty. Scott, my man, can you hear me? All right, I can hear you breathing or rumbling there in the background. Uh, let's put him on hold. Perhaps he will rejoin the living, and uh, we'll see. Right now, Brian in Halliburton. It's your turn, Brian, on this matter of cult uh, adherence. Anybody you know, or was that you? No, well, not me. But uh, my cousin lives in uh, was in Switzerland and lives in Switzerland, and uh, he was taken into a cult. Uh, God, back in the early part of the nineties, and he was very successful at what he did. And uh, kinesiologist, you know, not stupid, but. Uh, just absolutely ruined. By the time you, we got him out of there, we had to go in and yank him out of there in the middle of the night. And uh, that was scary enough, but uh, it was to the point where he became a blithering idiot. He was, you know, a two-year-old child by the time we pulled him out. When you say he, had to be, he was a 45, 48-year-old guy at the time. Um, and by the time we got him out, he had to live with his mom. Uh, he, he couldn't fend for himself. They absolutely brainwashed him into uh, oblivion. It was horrible. It's effectively, what you're saying is you guys went in and kidnapped him. Yeah, we went back and got him. We, there was no choice. They wouldn't right. let him go. 
And uh, so, you know, how did you physically, how did you, wait a minute, how did you physically apprehend him? You went in there and, uh, I mean, I'm sure you met resistance from him and the other cult members, no? Uh, At the end, when they found out that we were there, but uh, in Switzerland, basically everybody goes to the military and it was, uh, they were well equipped. I didn't go myself. Uh, They said, you're staying here. We're going in. And they they got some of their friends uh, within the military and we got them out. And it was right at, right at the end. Right. And so when you brought him out, did you bring him back to Canada or wherever? No, no. He stayed in Switzerland, and he ended up living with his mom and uh, because he couldn't fend for himself anymore. He was physically and mentally done. He was what, was an, what was the nature of the cult? I mean, what was their whole point or purpose? They stole everything he had, every bit of money, every ounce of... Uh, no, but what was it, a, a cult of thieves then? What was the cult? I mean, was it masquerading as a It was, was religious-based, like, like, live with us, love with us, you know, oh, the world oh. is ours, you know, be together, and uh, we'll live as one, and basically they brainwashed him and drained his bank accounts, and, you know, right, he signed right. over everything. But they, at that point, you know, mentally, you're signing over your, your freaking bank accounts. They are, they're obviously doing well at what they're doing. Well, I mean, if they can convince you to do that, uh, that goes without saying. All right, Brian. Hey, appreciate it. I'm glad to see you brought him back to the light, uh, as it were, and that uh, ended well, I'm guessing. Let me go uh, on down the line. Got a lot of calls. Lazar is next here on The Oakley Show. Good afternoon, Lazar. Uh, hello, John. That's Laser, actually. <coughs> Laser. Okay, my apologies. Yeah. yeah. Well, some people say this way, that what Laser is preferred. Uh, I like to say um, uh, what I had in mind when I came from uh, Soviet Union. That was uh, I want to bring attention. This like the cults are just cultures. You know, some cults are different, like from others, and uh, some of them are more constructive. Some are more destructive. Uh, not to mix them all together because cults just cultures, right? Soviet well, Union not a, well, not not entirely. I mean, if you subsume your own individuality or individualism to the collective, and yeah. you're taking your cues uh, from let's say, uh, a leadership, that's uh, dangerous insofar as, again, consigning over your individualism. Yes. I <laughs> want to tell something of what happened in Canada. But as I say, I, I see also Soviet Union that was a cult, some kind of communist, uh, Marx, Engels, uh, Lenin, whatever. Mm-hmm. It was a culture of sorts with leaders and uh, prophets, whatever, whatever. The, uh, you know. Sure. Yeah, cult just to personality, say that, uh, yep. When I came to Canada, let me tell you, I, uh, we had not really alternative much uh, ideologies there are allowed, so to say. We came with a kind of like a kind of empty-headed because we, I didn't know who I was, or where I belong. My parents even didn't tell me who they were because they were not. Maybe it was a politically beneficial not to tell, you know. So I learned many things in Canada. In Canada, when I was looking for myself, who I was and all that, I was a uh, <clears throat> I don't want to tell the whole story, but the point is that I became recruited into a certain organization. It was one of the denominations in, uh, I guess, Christian, uh, one of the sects. And they were very much, uh, I would say, anti-certain other sects, and it was cult-like. And there was a big kind of, um, you know, one, some kind of, becomes like a mental illness. So you were a a willing follower, is what you're saying? Yes, because I was looking for the truth. I was looking for the... How old were you? I was looking for hope, like I I wanted to know if there is life before this one or after, you know. I wanted How old were you? How old well, were you? At that time, when I came to Canada, I was in my late teens. And uh, right, that right, lasted a right. long time because, I, you know, things sometimes are confusing. And uh, what I learned 
that there are all sorts of cults in this world, like the globalists. This is a, some kind of culture as well. Sure. But, but let I'm me not, ask you very quickly, because yeah. I'm backed up here, but how yeah. did you finally uh, resolve this in your own mind and get away from it, away from the gravitational pull of this cult? Yes, I had to go, like, uh, first you, there's a time when you can't handle it anymore, You when, uh, like, when you consider it, when you want to go on or not, like, you're looking for hope, for some kind of life, uh, like a light, you're looking for some kind of uh, way to stabilize yourself and to cl- to find some kind of clarity. So right, so it happened naturally, it was just part of a natural evolution that you just decided this was enough for me, I've got to find other things, meaning in other places? Yes, I, one, okay. I had to look for this and uh, help oneself because uh, it's a difficult thing to find the truth. You know, like they say, seek the truth and the truth. Well, but you know, it's interesting because what you're saying is not untypical. It's basically uh, something in that age group where you are looking for meaning as you become, you know, a, a more conscientious person and uh, starting to reflect on and be introspective, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. That's where you go searching for other answers externally. Uh, Laser, thanks so much. Weighing in. i got to move on here. I want to grab okay. one more call okay. and then we're going to find out about the uh, situation stateside when it comes to the Trump campaign being uh, resilient or relentless in pursuing lawsuits in these contested states. Uh, Don't know if it's late in the day, but is there an important principle at play? We'll find out. A CBS uh, Radio News legal correspondent is going to join us. Right now, Belinda weighing in on this one. Last word to you, Belinda. Good afternoon. Hello, Belinda. Oh, hi. It's Rhonda, actually. Uh, Okay, go ahead. Hi, sorry. I actually want to make a comment on uh, drinking the Kool-Aid because um, I showed this video to my class. I'm a teacher. And um, uh, so the last line of the video was drinking the Kool-Aid. And um, my, my, my students actually freaked out. They thought I was being racist because they had never heard that story that you mentioned. And um, so I guess there's a thing about Kool-Aid with black people. And uh, so they were saying, they, I, I had to actually go through that, that whole Jonestown story and explain it to them and prove it to them because they didn't believe me. So, um, uh, so it was kind of interesting that you're bringing that up today because um, I'm just saying young people don't know that at all and they don't know about the cult. Um, anyway, it was, um, it was kind of, I was kind of taken aback. You should be. Uh, the fact that they didn't believe you and you're teaching them. You're trying to give them some context. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that they called me racist. Wow. Well, you know, I mean, uh, if they called you that, then, uh, hey, uh, it must be so because they said so, right? I mean, that's the way it works these days. <laughs> no right, right. argument. Uh, as much as you might have history and facts on your side, uh, we'll all have to retreat from whatever they feel is right. Thanks so much for sharing that story with us, uh, because that's exactly what happened. Drink the Kool-Aid was spawned by this horrific incident in the jungle in Guyana 42 years ago today. And, you know, it was haunting because there was some audio tape of the Reverend Jim Jones on this microphone. Cousins, come, come, drink the Kool-Aid. And so now it lives on in infamy and uh, horrific lore. And now you know the rest of the story. I feel like the poor poor man's Paul Harvey right there. There are people who are feeling uh, the effects of, uh, well, infidelity during the time of COVID. And this is one of the things that I wanted to address right here and now. So uh, let's drill down on it. Joining me on the line right now is uh, Adrian Facata, owner of Star Quality Private Investigations. Adrian, good to have you on The Oakley Show. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me, John. Well, listen, uh, 
this COVID thing has ravaged so many people's lives and livelihoods. The idea that there'd still be marital infidelity happening during the time of COVID. Your private investigations tell you what? That the, this is going on unabated? Absolutely. If anything, we've seen at least a 400% increase in infidelity cases. And people are always miffed and confused. You know, how can somebody do this during COVID? And the reality of it is most affairs and, you know, extramarital uh, things happen, uh, you know, a lot of times, whether it's, you know, a second cell phone um, or whatever, you know, password protected electronics. But now partners, because they're kind of closed in and they're forced to be together. I mean, you think a third of your life is spent sleeping, a third, if not more of your life is away from home at work or doing whatever, and then the rest is at home. Well, you for a lot of people, you take that one third away. Now, you know, you're stuck together with your family and people are more cognitive of what the other person is doing, whereas before they wouldn't notice a second cell phone. They wouldn't notice somebody's texting continuously or going out on drives when you're supposed to be, you know, uh, staying at home and whatnot. So, you know, it's, it's actually increased our business quite significantly. Again, with Adrienne Ficata, uh, she's with star quality private investigations the telltale signs of cheating behavior uh you're saying that they're still out there they're prevalent and uh, you can recognize the other thing i'm kind of curious about is uh would you also do familial relationship like shared custody let's say i've often wondered in a time of covid consciousness maybe one parent feels you know uh they can relax the rules with the kids when they've got them and the other is real hardcore uh has that led to let's say disputes Absolutely, John. In fact, uh, child custody and visitation uh, has, you know, is, is just as prominent in our business as infidelity is. And what typically uh, people are calling about and, and retaining our services for is just exactly what you said. So typically the primary caregiver, whether it's mom or dad, is, you know, usually quite conscious. And the other person, whether they're going out and um, seeing other people going outside the family circle with uh, the, the girlfriend, the boyfriend, going to rub and tugs, whatever the case may be, then when they take the, the children for their visitation, they're being exposed to all those people that uh, the other parent has come into exposure with. So it becomes a big problem. And, you know, whether it's for healthy kids, and a lot of our clients sadly call us when their kids, um, whether they have cancer, or different other diseases that um, they're very susceptible to this uh, to this virus. Would family courts recognize that in, say, a custodial issue, uh, or if one partner flags it and they've got evidence that you submit, maybe, you know, uh, you've got video or whatever, uh, that they've been, let's call it, wanton and uh, licentious and irresponsible? Would that stuff show up uh in a family court case? Absolutely. All of our evidence is used always in family law matters. And, you know, to be perfectly transparent and honest, when this all started, um, you know, really the judges, there's no case law, there's, there's nothing to start with. They, there was no starting point. Um, however, the family courts are always about the safety and the well-being of the children. And so they, the, the courts quickly and laws quickly became... Uh, 
as such and they would implement that so if there is a child that is not well or if the other person is you know not following guidelines and they're not wearing masks and they're exposing themselves to things that uh, they could be bringing home to families um, it, it becomes very very problematic for that person in fact I've seen a lot of our cases go to uh, no person-to-person contact so they'll turn to video chat and uh, phone calls as opposed to uh, visitation. What about quarantine cases? I've oftentimes wondered because, uh, you know, when you don't have the resources, the government doesn't to necessarily monitor people's behavior. Let's say they've come in from the States, they've got to go into quarantine for 14 days. Unless somebody is monitoring that, uh, they can breach the rules. And who knows what the legal implications could be with a family matter or just in general terms. Do you guys ever follow up or investigate quarantine cases? All the time. All the time. That's why our business has increased so significantly. Uh, you know, people are, shockingly, they're, they're still flocking to, you know, Miami and different places. And when they come back, they, uh, they say they're, you know, obviously the guidelines are very clear about your quarantine and testing and whatnot. But they don't stick to that. And they go out, they go out with masks, without masks. And um, they go to various very questionable locations. And quite frankly, the general public, like yourself and me, we have no idea if the person next to you in line um, at a grocery store or whatnot uh, should be in quarantine or not. And uh, it's, it's kind of scary and somewhat concerning that, uh, you know, like to your point, they, there is no resources to send, let's just say, investigators out to, uh, to police that, which is why uh, individuals and corporations usually turn to us. I see. And you will report back to them. I got it. I was wondering to whom you would report, and uh, you've just answered the question. In fact, many outstanding questions. Adrienne, I appreciate your time this afternoon. Again, Adrienne Fakata is the owner of Star Quality Private Investigations. Good to talk. I'm sure we'll do it again soon. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me, John. You got it. That's a wrap for the Oakley Show podcast for Wednesday, November 18th, 2020. You can listen to the show live weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 Eastern. Turn the dial to 640. Listen live at 640toronto.com or search the name John Oakley on Spotify. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 